When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, here's a plan for the week. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about that Oregon game. Um, should be a bit shorter podcast. Um, a couple of things that Carl Durrell said today during the press conference I want to touch on. Nothing all that major. Um We'll start with that, get into some more Oregon talk. Tomorrow, we'll talk about the Nebraska basketball game that happened on Sunday. Uh, so that's the plan for then. I'm not sure when McChesney's coming on this week, but Wednesday or Thursday. Friday, though, is the day that we will have our big college basketball preview, our big CU basketball preview. I'm really excited. Um, we've got a whole bunch of people at DMVR working on this, so it should be pretty cool. That'll be Friday at 4.30 on YouTube. Um, so you can check that out there. Obviously, if you don't catch it live, it's still going to be there. It's going to wind up in the podcast feed too. And I'm going to structure it the best I can to make it make sense in podcast form instead of just video with all the graphics and that sort of stuff. But we'll see what happens. Uh, should be fun ahead of the basketball team's first game on Tuesday. Um, next Tuesday, obviously not, not tomorrow. Um, Colorado plays Oregon State on Saturday. We'll dig into that later in the week as well. Um, we'll have a tailgate beforehand. If anybody's up there looking for beers, we'll have that. If you're looking for a place to watch and don't have tickets, you can go down to the DMVR bar too. And uh, there we go. I think that that's, uh, that's just about everything. Uh, real quick though, let's just start with some of these notes that come out of Carl's press conference. Um, again, not all that much going on. We actually heard from Kari Kutch first. Um, first time we've heard from an offensive lineman since the, uh, the, the change to the coaching staff, um, with Mitch Rodri going out. So Vallejos can take over. Um, he said that the biggest thing is just that there's like new energy and it was kind of just exciting to have the people were kind of like focused and excited and, and those sorts of things. Um, and the, the actual structural changes, there weren't that many. He did say that there were some tweaks to the pass protections, 
I think we saw that work out pretty well. Um, and some of the things that they did, as we were told last week, are more similar to what was happening under Chris Kapilovic and Mel Tucker when they were here and less similar to what's happened under Mitch Rodrigue. Um, but again, big takeaway is that a lot of it um, just weren't, like the changes weren't all that big. Um, from Carl, he basically said some of the same things. Um, said that it is exciting to see Brendan Rice and Brendan Lewis get it going. Um, but he also said that Guy Thomas has a lower body injury that'll keep him out this week as well. Um, Nate Landman is doubtful for the game on Saturday. Um, Nate wants to play. Coaching staff doesn't want him to make things worse for, you know, just in these circumstances. And uh, I think that that's basically it from the press conference. Um, okay, good. Um, now to Oregon. Again, now we've had a couple of days to think about what happened. And honestly, most of my thoughts don't really change. Yes, it sucks anytime you give up 52 points um, to anybody. Um, it helps that it's Oregon, but still, like, you got one stop all day, um, forced a field goal at one point. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Um, at the same time, though, if you were to tell me before the game, would you want the offense to look really good and the defense to look bad or the other way around? I'd say I want the offense to look really bit good because that's the change. Um, that, that shows that there is potential for that. And that's what we saw is that the offense was able to put up 29 points on a good defense. Um, a team that I mean, is still a college football playoff contender. And honestly, like if they just win out, win the pack 12, they're probably in, um, sucks to lose by 23 points, but better to lose by 23 points to Oregon than to Arizona. Um, just in going back and watching a little bit more. Brendan really did look in control. Brendan Lewis. It kind of sucks that there's two Brendans. Um, Just the way that he's processing, the way he's staying in the pocket, the way he's making plays from outside the pocket. I really do wonder how much of this is just because the offensive line is better. Because you have to think like he's gotten better himself as a quarterback over the course of, you know, the season, the seven games that he's had a chance to play. But there was one really big change, and that was that the offensive line was protecting him. And it, I almost think that Brendan's kind of been, I mean, he hasn't been good all along, but he's maybe been the eighth best quarterback in the Pac-12 instead of the 12th best. But when you're behind a line that was performing like that line was, it makes him look like the worst one. Um, obviously, regardless, he still does need to improve in a lot of ways, even from where he was on Saturday against Oregon. Um just some accuracy things, you know, getting the ball on the receiver in stride, you know, put it where he can catch it and turn up field instead of slowing down. Um, he could still get the ball out a little bit quicker. Um, he is kind of waiting for the windows to open up just a little bit too long again. And again, these are, these are the complaints that we want to be having about Brendan at this point, not the ones that we had the first half of the season or basically up into until this point um when those complaints are just come on like there's gotta be something we can do here um and so I do think that to me I'm 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 raising the bar for Brendan after last week 
Um, I think, you know, going into that week, what you asked for was just like competent. Just go back there and look like a quarterback. Look the part. You know, does that mean 150 passing yards, 175 passing yards? It might. But more than anything, just take advantage when guys are open. Um, make a play or two with your legs at some point. Um, just find a way to get to 13, 14, 17 points, whatever. And now I think it's time to bump that up a little bit, mostly because that was Oregon. And we'll have a chance to talk about this defense going forward. But, I mean, just offensively, they should be able to put up 20 points on anybody if you're able to do it like th- If they look like they did in that game. Um <sighs> Right now, I think the bar is you just got to find a way to get 200 yards. You know, coming into this week, what was it? I think uh, Colorado had like 117 passing yards per game. Everybody else in the Pac-12 had 200 or more per game. I think that that's kind of the bar for Brendan at this point is go for 200. I don't want to say that's the goal. It's somewhere between like the standard and the goal. You know, the, the standard is the thing that you should be able to do every time. The goal is what you go out there saying, I hope we do this. Let's we try to go do this. Goal should probably be like 225, which still is very low for a, a college football quarterback. But I, I think that's where we are. Go get your 200 yards and get out of there. You know, throw a couple touchdowns, avoid the turnovers, let the running backs get the touchdowns. Who cares? But find a way to go get yourself... 200 yards passing find a way to put 20 points on the board minimum and we can say okay this wasn't just an there's there you're working with something there could be a future here you know Brendan I wonder where he stands at this point you know is he I don't I mean he doesn't go into the offseason as the number one quarterback you know I think that they say yeah we're we're reevaluating every position, and the way they say it is, we look at, at every position every year. There's nobody who just walks in and is a starter. We have to evaluate every position every year, and that's how that works. And that's true for the quarterbacks as well. Um, and I think that's how it goes. But you know, if Brennan builds and takes a couple more steps by the end of the season, I don't. At this point, it's really hard for me to say that they're just going to call him their QB one going into next year. Um, it's back on the table though, right? And I think even having him as part of this competition, I think at least for me personally, before this week, I kind of looked at it as, uh, he's, he's probably not going to win. They can call it a competition, but he's, he's probably finishing third behind, you know, JT Shrout and then behind a grad transfer, most likely with a chance that Drew Carter is taking steps or Owen McCown walks in the door and is whatever. Um, but I now think that this is a competition. Um, if you were to ask me, I'd still say JT Shrout probably beats him out, but, uh, the stock has, it is no longer zero. (laughs) That There is something that you're working with there and that's exciting. And that's what that 200 yards a game, 20 points is. If he hits those marks, yeah, he's, he's right in that competition this spring and this fall. Um, if you, if you backtrack a little bit, then who knows, but it is a lot of fun to have a young freshman quarterback who's playing well. Um, it sucks. It wasn't a competitive game and that's why this week is probably going to be even more exciting just because Oregon state, you know, it's, 
they're a fun funny team. Um because coming into this season, this was one of the games that you thought Colorado had a real chance of winning. Like this is one that you said, okay, this is a win. You got to find the other things, but this one is a win. Um, then they go out there and they've played pretty well. BJ Baylor, the running back, has filled in for Jermar Jefferson really well. Um, you know, Oregon State. They start the season off. Um, they, uh, oh, sorry, there it is. Uh, they lose to Purdue. They beat Hawaii. They beat Idaho. They beat USC. They beat Washington. Uh, they lose to Washington State. They beat Utah. And this week they lost to Cal. And so now they're five and three. They're three and two in conference play. And Colorado has a chance. You know, the offense needs to play like it did last week. The defense needs to play much better than it did last week. Um, and if they do that, this will be this is a test. This is a, a real game again that you know, it's been a while since it's felt like there's a game that really, really mattered. Um and this is one, you know, this is going to be competitive, I think. And if Colorado can beat Oregon State, then, hey, maybe this Colorado team can find another win or two down the stretch when you say, eh, this is, maybe this is bottom of the middle of the pack in the Pac-12, but still kind of a middle of the pack team. Um, again, you probably do have to throw out some of the things we saw earlier in the season to say that. But, you know, it's with a young quarterback and a young team in general – you do expect to, to to play your best football at the end, you know? And when we talk about what Colorado is going into next year, we're getting close to having those conversations. We're only a month away. This stretch is just going to be crucial. And I really think that, obviously, like in terms of bowl eligibility and all those sorts of things, the season started a long time ago. But I'm kind of like looking at this last month as uh, just its own separate season. And this is just kind of the almost like a prelude to next year. You know, what what is this team? Is this a team that we say, okay, they are competitive, um, you know, against they can beat Oregon State. They're competitive against Utah. Um, they're competitive with UCLA and with Washington. That's what you want. You know, if you go out and you get blown out in three of the last four games, that's not going to be fun at all. Um, and the off season isn't fun. And, you know, the conversations around uh, Brendan Lewis and around this defense and around some of the other kind of tougher to project parts of this team, they get a lot darker. And so this is kind of where they, they need to buckle in, find a way to win a couple games, keep the other ones competitive and then you go into the offseason if you're Carl Durrell and say, hey, there, there's what we're building off of. You know, COVID year, whatever. This is my first year, my first real year as the coach. Finish on this two and two stretch, and that's what we're building on right now. Um, so that's what I see. Um, and that's kind of my thought. And, and we can go unit by unit if we wanted to and kind of set standards. Um, but like these running backs, they need to produce more. You know, the offensive line, that's one of the interesting parts of the team to me because, yeah, they got a lot better last week. But 80 to 90% of the improvements we saw were in the passing game. They still do need to take some steps in the running game and create some more holes. Um, and so with the running backs, you know, while 
Brendan Lewis kind of potentially had his first real shot to really prove himself behind a competent line last week. The running backs, they maybe still haven't gotten theirs just because we haven't seen the run blocking improve all that much. Um, so I guess you have to start with the offensive line and say, okay, can you, can you get this figured out when you're running the football as well? And if you can do that, then maybe we can be excited about this group again next year. Um, and then if they do get that figured out, then we can really get an evaluation on these running backs. Um, because, you know, Jarek Broussard, he hasn't been himself. He hasn't been nearly as efficient as he's been in the past. Um, Alex Fontenot, similar things. And there's definitely been bright spots and, and points where you say, oh, wow, this really is a good football player. Just haven't been enough of them. There's haven't been enough of them. And I do think that the offensive line is mostly to blame for that. Um, like 80%, 90% of the blame. At some point, though, you just got to find a way, as, as tough as that sounds. Um, so, yeah. You know, with the wide receivers, mostly just want to see if Brendan Rice can keep this up. You know, back-to-back 100-yard games. Who knows what's on the way going forward? Um, obviously, one of the best receivers in the Pac-12. It's crazy, though, because for most of the season, we're saying, ah, it's, I don't know if these receivers are any good because they haven't had opportunities. Well, now Brendan's had some opportunities, and it's been obvious. Uh, um, but but what is the pecking order behind them? Um, I could see a world where Chase Penry is the number two going into next year. You know, Vontae Chenault is supposed to actually be back this week. He could obviously be the number two. He might even be able to be the number one. We've got Chris Carpenter, Montana Lamonius Craig, Ty Robinson is making plays. Colorado wants to... to run deep with these receivers but you know there's a big difference between being number four and number seven on the depth chart and there's probably about seven of those guys so while Brendan probably has solidified himself as the number one um, unless things change drastically over the next few weeks and that'd be a huge surprise honestly the rest of it is kind of up for grabs you know Dimitri Stanley he hasn't been himself and again it's mostly, mostly because of that offensive line and quarterback and all of that stuff. But the truth is, the numbers are the numbers, and his are very similar to a lot of those other guys. You know, when you look at the tight ends, Brady Russell is Brady Russell. But, you know, does Christian Fourier potentially make a play? Alec Pell, we heard a lot about him in the offseason, and again, mostly because of how incompetent so many other things were. We haven't seen him make many plays. Does he get a couple going down the stretch? Um, I don't know. Basically, I went through a pretty dark time with my relationship with CU football. I'm back now, though. And I think that this is a big month. This is a really big month. Um, We'll talk about the defense in a second. Um, Real quick, though, Breckenridge Brewery, they make the tailgates possible. We'll be back out there. Only two more games at Folsom this year. It's kind of crazy, honestly. Um, and Maybe that's just me because my whole life is football and just like, one night you go to bed and it's almost football season. One night you wake up and there's four games left. Um, but you got to celebrate them while they're here because even if Colorado football isn't quite as exciting as, as it was last year, or a few years ago, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I've been saying, there's, there's plenty to look for at the last month, but also you're going to get to February or March or April. And you're going to be saying, wow, I wish I could just spend a morning outside full, some tailgating. Do that on Saturday. We'll have a bunch of beers out there as always. It's the north side of Farron Field. Um, 
just come hang out. And again, Brackenridge gives us all those beers because Brackenridge is incredible. Um, they're partnered with the Buffs. They're partnered with so many different things around here um, because they're a local beer. But you can get those beers in 30 different states at this point um, because they do have bigger distributors um, and because they're really good beers. There's a reason. Um, use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. It'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever it is that you want to try. And uh, you, you will not be disappointed. Also, want to remind you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, Colorado covered that game, didn't they? Because they were that. I guess it depends on where you got in. I don't think it ever got under twenty four and a half though. So they covered. You love to see that. Um, a win would have been nice, but can't get too picky. Um, I've actually been on a pretty hot streak on DraftKings. I've hit a bunch of bets. Um, what were some of the big ones? I'm trying to think. There were a couple same game parlays last week. Uh, the Nuggets were underdogs in a game that got me some point. What was there was Sunday morning. That's something good. Doesn't matter. Point is they have awesome uh ways to bet. You know, they've got the same game parlays. They boost a bunch of different things. They'll let you use your own boosts. Um plus if you're a new user, you can bet five dollars on any NFL team to win their next game. And if they do, you'll get two hundred dollars in free bets. That's a great deal. It's a great way to get that account started. And uh Obviously, $5 to win $200, plus whatever you win on the bet, that's just a steal. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their next game. You'll win $200 in free bets. Um, if they win, you win with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, this defense, though. Let's just run through and talk about what we're looking for. Because, again, this is the home stretch, and it looks like they're playing competent football. We'll knock on wood, um, obviously. Um, defensive line. You know, they're, they're, they're rotating pretty deep. Um They've been honestly pretty solid. Maybe not as much pass rush as you would like. Um, I feel like in the running game, they've been solid, but you're just not getting many sacks. Um, same thing with those outside linebackers, especially with Guy Thomas out. Um, with, with Joshka, can he go make some plays? We've been hearing hype about him for a while. And you've seen, like, it's not like he's done nothing, but just not nearly enough to say, like, okay, this is one of those cornerstones that you're building this defense around next year. At some point, you got to find those guys. You know, you're, you're not going to have, um, you know, Robert Barnes. You're not going to have Nate Landman. Um, you're not going to have Mustafa. You're not going to have Jeremiah Doss. Who knows what's going to happen with Carson? I think at this point, he's got to come back next year. Um, but, you know, he is fourth in the Pac-12 and tackles for loss. He just doesn't have, like, the projectable traits. You know, if he were to do all that and he runs a 4-5. Or he does all that, and he bench presses 25, 30 times, whatever. You know, there there could be a path. Um, and who knows? But I do think that he's probably back next year. Um, I don't think Jeremiah Doss can redshirt. No, but uh, you need some of those guys to step up. Because with Nate gone, 
And with Robert Barnes gone too, really, you're going to need to figure out that inside linebacker position. You know, Quinn Perry, he's, again, I call him like a replacement level player at this point. And and he could get better and turn into uh, somebody you really want to have out there. But right now it's like, okay, he's going to be right in his responsibilities about 85% of the time. Um, he's not going to miss many tackles. Um, he's he's not going to make too many plays behind the line of scrimmage either, though. And it's like, can can one of these guys pop? You know, it might be Mr. Williams' turn to to get out there. Saw a little bit of Marvin Ham last week. I do think that they're going to be rotating more of these younger guys in and just seeing what they've got because you would love to know going into this big break what you're working with. Um, you know, because you just look at the schedule. Things end in November. You get December off. The way they did it last year got January off. Um, I think in February they get back to some workouts, but then March and April is when you do your spring ball, late in March typically. Um, so you have these few months to kind of figure out what are you trying to implement this spring? How is this defense going to work? Um, and then after that, you know, you got May, June, July, and that's when you tweak everything. Um, so it really would be useful to get a lot of that figured out. Um, you know, these safety positions too. We've seen a lot of Trevor Woods. You're going to, I, not all these guys are going to be back. You know, you've, you've got Isaiah Lewis and, you know, you saw what happened with Darian Rakestraw where he transferred to Tulane and I don't know anything, but I would guess it's one of those circumstances where it might've been more the team saying, Hey, you should, it's probably somebody else's turn than it was Darian saying, I think I can find a better opportunity for myself. I don't know for sure, but that's what happened with a lot of those guys last year. And because of the pandemic, I think this year you're going to see a lot of that again. Um, just some of these like Isaiah Lewis, I think they want to keep him around It'd make a lot of sense if they wanted to keep him around. Um, but you get Chris Miller back from injury, you get some of these guys. So who knows? If Trevor Woods plays really well, they might say, ah, we need the scholarship because there's still plenty of things to patch up. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder who those guys are, though. Um, just running through, you know, um, Janaz Jordan, who's hurt, so that's kind of a weird one. Um, like, they wouldn't push out Colby Purcell or Terrence Lang or Brady Russell, John Van D. See, you just wonder. You wonder what's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, again, this is kind of the last month to, to prove what you're worth. Um, and on the defensive side, I mean, if you were to name the competitions, I guess inside linebackers, obviously number one. Um, cause I don't think that Quinn Perry just has like a, a chokehold on that job. I think there's a good chance that, that he holds on to it because obviously he's held down that position for most of the year. Um, but again, it's not guaranteed with Marvin Ham there, Jack Lamb, um, John Van Deese in his senior year, Mr. Williams. You got Zephaniah Maya for his second season. Um, I wonder. The defensive line, you know, Jaden Simons made a couple of plays. I wouldn't mind seeing him a little bit more. Um, I wonder. Cornerback, you're probably set with. I don't think Makai would leave early. Um, but again, that's behind Carson, probably, maybe even right there with Carson in terms of odds that they try to leave early. Um, but I don't think he will. 
So you got Makai and Christian, but who is that third corner? You know, there's a lot of guys that they like. Nico Reed, um, you know, Kalen Moore, uh, two guys we've barely even seen this season who could be ready for for jobs next year. Um, at safety, who else? You know, we've got Trevor Woods. Torin Pittman was a big name a couple years ago. We haven't seen too much of him so far. Um, oh, yeah, Trustin Oliver. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see. So that's where my mind's at going into this season. And um, defense needs to figure some things out. And I think if there's a week to try to rotate maybe some more guys in, it'll be after you give up 52 points. Um, let's call it, let's call it a day. We'll be back talking some basketball tomorrow. We'll dig into some more Oregon State stuff um, later in the week with McChesney. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun one on Saturday, and basketball season's right around the corner too, and that's going to be really exciting. Um, although not quite as exciting as it might have been before what happened on Sunday, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, I'll see you guys then.